0: Welcome to A Year on Tour with Wittinghus. Here's your host, Hans Christian Wittinghus. Hello, guys and girls, and welcome back to another episode of A Year on Tour with Wittinghus. In today's episode, I will give you an update on what's been going on for the past couple of weeks for me, since I did the latest episode. I will also chat a little bit about the latest revelation in the world of badminton the new crazy spin surf and in the end i will answer a couple of patreon questions and if you're sitting out there and you want to be able to ask questions for this podcast in the future you can go to patreon.com feedinghoose, read all about how to do it you can also get other cool benefits like game feedback or video messages for you your team or your club whatever you want so go check it out on patreon.com slash now let's just get straight get straight into the talk about the past couple of weeks for me in the latest episode i told you guys about me suffering from sinusitis, and I still wasn't completely back to normal. I would say now, I don't know if you guys can hear it, there's still actually a little bit left in terms of uh, yeah, my ability to breathe through my nose, but I would say I'm back to 99% of normal. Uh, so that is very positive. Uh, last week I spent on trying to kind of build up my training uh, step by step adding a little bit more weight in the gym day by day, doing a bit harder work, trying to build it up uh, slowly throughout the week. My goal was that this week we are in right now, I would be able to like really get back into kind of normal training and have a really good week of training. And I think last week did exactly that. On Monday morning this week, I felt really, really good. I think also in the training I had on Monday morning, my legs were, were great. I actually felt like I was relatively flying around the court. Uh, had really, really good legs, fast legs. I felt good. Obviously, I'm still not in the best shape of my life. It takes a bit longer than one week to get back into that, but I was feeling very positive. But in the middle of the training, I still felt some kind of discomfort in, my, uh, in the right side of my back. Uh, not in the lower part, but like in the middle part on the right side. It didn't feel bad or anything, just some kind of discomfort, but I could still do yeah, everything basically. Um, yeah, so I kept on going and I did a I think it was like a one hour and 40 minute session on court, which uh, was pretty intense and yeah, very, very good training. Didn't really think much about that back issue. But later in the afternoon, it just started hurting more and more and kind of felt like uh, yeah, a more serious issue. And unfortunately, it just kept on getting worse again. So I had to skip training on Tuesday, had to go to the physio to get it checked. And he thought it was maybe just um, some muscle uh, issue where it's like he felt like my back was really, really tight. Uh, my muscles were really, really tight on, on that side of my back. Uh, so he gave it a good massage it felt much better uh, for a couple of hours but then yeah all of a sudden on the uh, yeah the afternoon on Tuesday it, it just got even worse than it was on uh, on Monday after the training so I I weren't able to do anything on Tuesday but Fortunately, in the evening, I felt okay. It's getting better. Maybe there's a chance that I can do something on Wednesday morning. Not not play badminton because obviously, with a yeah, with back pain, it's really really difficult to uh, to do any kind of badminton. But on Wednesday morning, after a good sleep, I felt like okay, it's it would be okay to go do a little bit of biking, uh, just on a, like a stationary bike in the in the gym. So when I did that for 40 minutes, nothing crazy, no intervals, or anything, just 40 minutes at a uh, like a moderate uh, speed. And that also felt okay. Uh, but then again, a couple of hours after that, it got worse and worse. And like, yeah, yesterday in the afternoon was really, really bad. Uh, I barely could walk without pain. Uh, so today I'm gonna go see the physio uh, again. And even though it again now feels a little bit better, uh, yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see what the physio says. Uh, I spoke very briefly to him yesterday and uh, discussed about the possibility that it could be some nerve issue. Um, Cause when I'm bending down my, my neck or and my chin, I feel the pain straight away in the back. So yeah, we'll see what it is. It's obviously very frustrating because as I said in the in the start, I really was looking forward to this week being a great uh, training week and trying to work my way back into uh, a good good condition, good shape. And that's not been possible since I haven't been able to do any training on court since Monday. So yeah, like for the past couple of months, there's just seems to keep popping up issues with my body at the moment and it's uh, obviously very very frustrating Um, yeah and i I have to admit the last couple of days it even affected my mood i think in general i'm i'm pretty positive and i'm able to always look at the bright side of things and yeah but i have to admit the past couple of days uh, it did affect my mood quite a bit actually because i was really looking forward to get back on court and back to the grind and all the hard work and uh, just having fun training hard. It's not been possible but yeah hopefully we can get this uh, bag issue sorted so maybe next week I can get back into, uh, into a good training week. I-, I need to start doing some good training very soon uh, to be ready for the, uh, the upcoming challenges no doubt about that. So the past couple of weeks haven't really been exactly how I imagined it would be, but one thing that has been really uh, talked about a lot in the world of badminton for those two weeks is the new crazy spin serve. And if you guys haven't already checked it, you should go to YouTube where we discussed it on the badminton experience, but also you can check out the badminton Inside channel or Tobias Wadenka's channel. Uh, they have two really good uh, videos about this crazy serve also how to do it and why it's so impossible to return and to explain it very shortly there's a guy from denmark called marcus Renshoi who used it at the polish open where he is uh, he's pre-spinning the shuttle before he hits it in the serve which which adds and a crazy amount of spin to the shuttle which, which makes it so so difficult to even just get back in play not not even being aggressive or anything but just get it back in play even the opponents try sometimes to just make a normal high lift and it would go two meters out of the side because it's almost impossible to hit it on the cork uh, you you hit it on the shuttle uh, on the feathers because it's it's spinning so much it's a crazy serve and it it Apparently it seems like uh, Choi from uh, Korea, one of the best men's doubles players, already used it a few times as well in the Korean league, also in Australia Open last year. Uh, But yeah, it has really spread now the news. I know a lot of players around the world are looking into how to do it and, and trying to to master it. It's not that easy to master, but it is something everyone can do. Basically you just have to be able to spin the shuttle and then hit it in the uh, in the correct way. And learning how to spin the shuttle is something every, any, anyone uh, can do. I think it will be made illegal, or at least there will be some altercations to the to the service rules uh, in the future. It's it kind of reminds me uh, about the Cedex serve that was back in the. It was made illegal back in I think the eighties, which was a serve where. You hit the feathers first, which again made the spin just absolutely crazy and made it a big, big advantage to uh, to serve. Uh, after a while, BWF um, yeah, banned it and made it illegal. So now you have to hit the cork first. And I think here, similarly, they could make a rule that you, you need to hold the feathers when you serve, because that way you're not able to add pre-spin to the shuttle. Uh, you can only do that if you hold the cork. Um, But one challenge uh, issue with that is that often when people do like the long forehand serve They will actually hold the cork even though they're not pre-spinning it Um, You could also add a rule that says you are simply just not allowed to pre-spin the shuttle But I think the issue with that is that it's very difficult for the service umpire to see if the shuttle is spinning before the server hits it, but anyway I actually uh, contacted uh, both the president, Paul Ekhoira, but also a few other guys from BWF who are in the, uh, in the council and other uh, important roles. I also contacted the uh, the Athletes' Commission to make sure that they are at least looking at this, trying to figure out how to deal with it. Because when you watch that video of Markus Renshoy in Polish Open, when he serves that serve and when he succeeds with it, like there's literally no rallies at all. And that's not a road we want to go down in badminton with no rallies at all. It's already too much just serve and return in in doubles, I think. Uh, And yeah, if like who wants to watch a match where it's only serve and people cannot return it. Of course, maybe it's fun the first time uh, because it's it's so unusual, but in the long run, it, it has the potential to really kill the entertainment value of the sport and also like Is it fun to play that way? I don't think so. And I believe that people will start to master it. And when they do, it will have a huge impact on the game. And now the Olympic qualifying period is about to start. So we can really see some crazy, crazy results. If uh, some not so good players start controlling or mastering this serve before some of the uh, the better players do. And some of you will probably think like, why ban it? Why not just... uh, figure out a way to counter it and that is also uh, of course an option but i'll just have to say like the amount of spin in that shuttle anyone who's ever tried to like get back a really like spinning net shot knows how difficult that is and this serve, it's like it's spinning much much more so like for decades we haven't been able to really understand exactly how to control uh, a spinning uh, shuttle so when you get it on that serve, it it is almost impossible i think it can take years to figure out how to counter it and i don't think the sport can afford years of of play where there's basically no play where it's only about serving and i don't think it will only be an issue in doubles because with the amount of spin you can also use the serve in singles you can just if you can get that amount of spin you will start every rally even in singles with a high lift or even with a uh, return mistake so i think it's very important that bwf will look at it, and uh, I know now that they are also looking at it. I don't know what they're uh, considering doing about it, but I know at least they're looking into the matter, and hopefully they can uh, act quickly to uh, get something done about it. All right, let's uh, move on to the couple of questions from my patrons. I have one from Vicky who's asking if I'm going to be a commentator at the Olympics again. And to be honest, I don't know. Uh, I think it depends on a few things. I would definitely love to. I really loved it the last three times when I've been the uh, Olympic commentator for our national TV here in Denmark. Um, But it's not certain that it will be the same TV channel who gets the rights for badminton. The rights are usually shared between our two biggest TV channels here. And I know they are often fighting about the rights for uh, for badminton. They actually draw lots about who gets to pick first. Um, so like they share football and handball because those are the two most popular um, sports. But after that, they draw lots about who gets to choose first, which sport to, uh, to uh, uh, be able to broadcast. And for the past uh, three times, it's been, uh, yeah, DR, which is the channel that I've been working for, who who won the rights and they chose badminton first. And I'm pretty sure uh, TV2, who is the competing channel, would do the same, because with badminton we have a lot of athletes playing, we have a lot of matches, so you have secured a lot of TV time. There's always a chance of winning medals, obviously, again, with the Victor, we have a very good chance and also a few outside chances uh, with some of the other players. So I guess it depends on if if the same channel (laughs) wins the uh, competition of drawing lots, uh, then there is a chance I will be a commentator. Uh, I'm sure they will will ask me again, but it also depends on uh, my wife's plans uh, for the summer. She is uh, obviously often quite busy during summertime uh, with her horses and her dressage. So yeah, we'll see. I cannot guarantee anything yet, but I would definitely love to. And Vicky is also asking if we buy tickets which days did I enjoy the most? And uh, says that like the tickets for the finals are very expensive. Um, well, I would say I obviously enjoyed all the days. Definitely, if you can get a ticket, you should just get it. Uh, it just has a special vibe over the Olympics, so I would get any ticket. But looking at the schedule, I would definitely say the uh, this one uh, session with all the men singles quarterfinals and also the. Bronze medal and final, uh, bronze medal match and final of the mixed doubles. That's all in the same session. That would be my favorite sessions. I obviously I'm a men singles uh, nerd. I enjoy that the most, and uh, always a big events, Quarterfinals day is uh, my favorite because you get to see a lot of different players. You get to see different playing styles, and it's high high quality badminton because. Players are already accustomed to the uh, environment in the hall and everything. So I really believe, like quarterfinals, there's a lot of stake as well uh, at stake. You get if you win, you get at least yeah you get two chances to win a medal because you have the the semi final. If you win that one, you get a medal, and if you lose it, then you will also have the uh, the bronze medal match. So the quarterfinals there's a lot at stake. It's high quality badminton, so I would go to any any quarterfinal day, but preferably for me. The one with the uh, the four men singles and the uh, the mixed doubles uh, uh, medal matches, and I would say like the medal matches at the Olympics is of course uh, yeah uh, very very special because you can just like feel how much is is at stake, how much it it means for the players. So that that would be my recommendation. But again, any. Basically, any uh, ticket you can get, I would take that. Uh, There's also one session with the quarterfinals of the men's doubles and the uh, last 16 of all the men's singles. That's also a very, very nice session. Um, Yeah, so there's lots of uh, good sessions to choose from. No question about that. Another question is from uh, Mark, who is uh, saying a bit of a fun one, perhaps, for me as the uh, Forza representative, uh, because I am working as a social media manager for FZ Forza. He says, Mark, that they were watching the Orleans tournament, and he and some others were wondering why if is Forza branding only on trash cans? And I have to say, Mark, I have absolutely no idea. Um, the way Forza works is that, like, forza is a danish brand the main office is here in denmark but what they do in france what they do in uh, sweden what they do in germany and england uh, yeah all the other countries is run by the uh, the offices in those countries and um, so i'm not really in over the decisions in terms of what they do in uh, in Orléans, it's the uh, the four separate representatives in uh, in France who is uh, who's doing all of that. Um, and again, also I'm just a social media manager. I'm I'm actually only hired on a, a ten hour a month deal right now. So I have to admit I'm not really. Uh, into all of the uh, the FZ force methods as it is right now I, I, I uh, don't really have uh, enough hours to be able to uh, to be that. So I don't know why they were only branding on trash cans but it definitely sounds a bit a bit odd I have to admit that. Mark is also asking for any interesting plans for the upcoming uh, World Championships in Denmark. I don't know if you're asking specifically about Forza, but Forza will not be there because uh, it's a, uh, I think it's a Yonex event. And so Forza is not allowed to be uh, able, uh, to be present at the event. Um, For me personally, uh, well, no interesting plans uh, as I still hope to be uh, able to play there. as you guys know from my latest uh, few podcasts, it doesn't look good, but there is still a chance. So obviously, I hope for a, yeah for a spot to play. If I don't get to play. I'm not sure uh, what I'm going to do, if I will go there as a spectator in some weeks uh, or maybe even like a warm-up guy for, for some of the singles players uh, to help them out uh, Maybe do some commentary for TV if they want me. Um, yeah, I don't know I haven't made any plans also because I'm still waiting to see if I will uh, get a spot there So I haven't uh, made any other interesting plans just yet. Right guys and girls, a little bit longer episode today, but uh, I hope you still enjoyed it. I did indeed. And uh, yeah, please leave a comment or send me a message if there's anything you want me to take up on the uh, on the uh, podcast. And uh, yeah, if there's any, any kind of feedback you want to give me, positive or negative, I appreciate it all. Thanks so much guys for listening. I will be back soon with another episode. And remember, next week for Patreons, there will be a q and I will uh, announce the date and time on the Patreon side. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to A Year on Tour with Vittinghus. If you enjoyed the show, please rate, share, and leave a comment in iTunes or your preferred podcast app.